Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of First and Fifteen and our coverage of the BAFA SWC division. I'm Gareth Price and we have a bumper show for you today. It's our end of season review and we'll be discussing all the teams as well as dishing out some awards. Now, your usual host, Lewis Phillips, is recovering from what I understand to be a five days of liver abuse and heavy metal. But nonetheless, yes, he will join us today. Um, slightly reduced role for you today, isn't it, Lewis? How are you feeling? Yeah, uh, I am exhausted, mate, and I'm very glad that you've taken over the hosting duty. So thank you very much. Did you enjoy Bloodstock? Or... I had the most amazing time at Bloodstock. Excellent. We enjoyed the pictures. <laughs> Saw a side of you we hadn't seen before. And I don't want to see again. <laughs> and of course, uh, as always, the man you've just heard, uh, who is still upset that no one got ejected from a game this season, it's Jay Ballamy. How's it going, Jay? I'm not bad, Gareth. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Looking forward to the show. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah. And uh, last but by no means least, it's the man my girlfriend accidentally referred to this afternoon as Homeward Bound. It's Ryan <laughs> Home Alone McKeithen. Cheers, Jeremy. That, yeah, say, that is the first time I've ever been called that, so I'll add that to the list. <laughs> Ron, classic 90s movie, I'm afraid. It <laughs> uh, did make me laugh. Um, so, it's a big show today, and we've got a lot to cover, so shall we jump right in? Let's do Let's it. Let's go for it. <laughs> Let's go. Enthusiasm. Um, I'm still, so... I'm still laughing over Homeward Bound. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're, You're still definitely... in the field in Bloodstock, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> my, my brain is. Yeah, you're definitely Chance as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in many years, he'll be Shadow. Anyway, <laughs> I've no idea what we're talking about now. <laughs> I'm clueless here too. I'm too young for this film. I'm glad you're picking up what I'm putting down, Gareth. <laughs> that, that makes me feel tremendously old that you're, you're too young for Homeward Bound. What year was Homeward Bound released? 1993. Okay, I was born three years later. So. Fair enough. Six yeah. years okay. well, well, Disney Plus, it'll be there. Watch it. It's, it's, it's important for your emotional development. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be important for my like, flag season this year as well now. I feel like that might run with it. Now, now you've been called it. Yeah. Other, I'm, I'm other online movie platforms are available. Yes. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> anyway, we're it's a flag we're football gonna... podcast, isn't it? <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so we're going to start with our end of year review, uh, looking at each team individually. As we go through each team, we'll be giving out the first of our awards, which are the Hometown Hero Awards, the ones voted for by your teammates. Uh, then it's on to the three big awards, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and of course, the Division MVP, uh, voted for by you, the players of the SWC. And finally, in a segment that's certain to cause a bit of controversy and severe damage to our public image, uh, Lewis, Ryan, Jay and myself will reveal our totally unofficial but official SWC All-Star Team for 2021. So, shall we go bottom to top or top to bottom, lads, of the division? Uh, let's go bottom to top, I think. Bottom to top. So, ninth place, uh, White Hellhounds, 0-8, four forfeit losses, 
not actually last in offense or defense. They were eighth best in offense with 17 points per game and eighth best in defense with 43 points a game. Um, Alan Hunt led them in sacks with five. That's second in the SWC. Ben Ballard had four receiving touchdowns. And uh, Jack Holder and Dan Thompson mm-hmm. led the White Hellhounds on defense with one pick each. What do we think of the, of the positives for the Hellhounds this year? I've no idea. I didn't, get, I, I didn't get to play them, so I've, I don't know. I'm really disappointed that they didn't finish this season because, yeah, they were, by all accounts, the two game days that they that they did go to, they were uh, were very exciting to be a, to play against. Um, um, yeah, it's a shame that oh, it, that they've got that 0 and 8. Um, they certainly gave us a fight at the beginning of the year. They gave us a scare. Yeah, they had a, a couple of good games up in Exeter against both your teams, wasn't it, Lewis? Yeah, yeah they were both. I mean, the, the Falcons-Green game came down to the very last play of the game. Um, you know, the Hellhounds were knocking on the door with less than 20 seconds left in the game and uh, a good bit of blitzing from uh, John Willis forced an errant throw um, to, to Paul Hindle, which sealed the game. But it was touch and go there for a couple of seconds. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, it was a, a similar story in the in the first half of the game against Chichester. They were they were really good. Um, Dan Thompson was one of the better defensive players I've I've come up against this year, and we were only one score up with with half time looming. So um, you know, we we pulled away in the second half, but they had a a, a really good first half, and uh, I'll I'll always remember. Uh, Roger Brown going up with Shorty on one side of him and Andy Jenkins on the other and, and pulling in the catch above both of them. That was certainly a, a highlight moment, I think, for the Hellhounds this year. Um, yeah. That was a beautiful and, sight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Replay that one again. They uh, they jumped out to a 13-point lead on Falcons Black as well. And so those first couple of drives, first four or five drives of that game, we were like, what is going on? Like We need to get our act together. Um, so, yeah, again bit of a scare yeah so a, a disappointing uh, uh stat line for them at the end of the season and i hope they can sort their things out get their house in order for next season and and hopefully that is the last uh forfeit we see from the hellhounds hmm. and lewis as, as the man with uh, with the stats there what were the predictions at the start of the season for the hellhounds record were we right uh no, I don't think anyone was right. Oh, no, Gareth, you were right. Sorry, just reading this the wrong way. So I should caveat all of this by saying that I've actually lost um, my own predictions. <laughs> um, sorry, listeners. So everything that I, I predicted, though, was completely right. So, yeah, Gareth, you and I were both spot on, mate. Um, <laughs> it's so convenient uh, that you've lost them. <laughs> <laughs> cannot believe it. It's in, a, it's in a notepad in one of these drawers. I just don't know where. It's in a field um, in Bloodstock. It is. It's in, a, it's in a field in Derbyshire. Uh, no, actually, looking um, as, as misreading, um, both uh, both Jay and Gareth um, uh, predicted one and seven records, but both predicted and predicted them to come eight. So I believe, and I think I was probably the same as well. I think I thought that the Hellhounds would would pick up a victory over the Renegades, uh, which is what I assume uh, you guys had predicted for uh, for that one win. Mm. I think so. Yes. Um, so, what are our, what are our hopes for the Hellhounds next year? Do we think they'll be back? Yes, I, I think they I have to be back. Yeah, I really, really do because they're such a good group of guys. 
And it's it's, um, it's still, I, I mean, I hear Cheltenham's good. I've not yet had the pleasure, but for me, Isle of Wight is still the best away day in the league. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, no, it's a proper away day. Um, they always put on a really, really good show. And, and like I say, they're just great people. So have you not been to Cheltenham, No, surprisingly. With there three, was, of, three home games. Yeah. <laughs> Four games in a season, they hosted three of them and you didn't have to go. No. <laughs> We got Isle of Wight and Exeter instead. Longer trips than anything. Well, Isle of Wight's not that bad for us, but still. Uh, and two home games. That's, that's you know. also true. Yeah. So can't complain. Um, Who on earth made that schedule? Yeah, right. Pick them. <laughs> so we will wrap up uh, with the Isle of Wight with their Hometown Hero Award, uh, which is going to be shared between Roger Brown for his time and all-round dedication to the team. And Kieran Tarrant for his his excellent effort and going the extra mile for the team. So congratulations, Roger and Kieran. Well done. Yeah, very many congrats, congrats guys. Uh, so we'll move on to the eighth place team, the Exeter Falcons Green, who were two and six. Um, disappointing on offense, I think it's fair to say. Last in the division with thirteen points per game. Uh, better on. D though, 33 points a game, seventh in the division, but that's actually um, 36 out of the 58 teams nationally. Here's some deep stats for you. So there's a good 20 plus teams that are, are worse. Uh, Tommy Parsons, four receiving touchdowns. think he led with receiving touchdowns. A couple of sacks for Patrick Smith and Paul Hindle with three interceptions leading the team. Lewis, do you want to take us through the, the Falcons green season and how you feel it went? Yeah, so I think I think everyone will. Uh, I don't think I'll get too much backlash for saying it was. It's a disappointing uh, result, um, but um, definitely a lot of uh, individual performances and, and positive takeaways. Um, maybe just a, a little, uh, a little more polish required. Um, definitely some some positive takeaways. Patrick had an amazing season. We had, you know, this was. Uh, Ethan's first attempt really he had some Southwest series games in in the uh well, before covid struck um so but but really his first proper test at, at quarterback in um just threw him in at the deep end uh, had lots of people playing in different positions and uh, we got some stuff on film that we can take away and, and work towards uh individual and, and team progression so not a completely uh wasted season by any accounts and do you want to let us know how how wrong were we with our predictions? Um, <laughs> Jay was closer. Actually, Jay was bang on. Um, Jay... No, I wasn't. I, I no, had the... you were, no, you had two and six for black. Sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I made sure I put you below the other team. Gareth, <laughs> Gareth was spot on. Gareth was spot on with two and six, uh, but a seventh place. Uh, yeah, you said four and four and a fifth place. Uh, yes, that's because I... Did, couldn't do the quick maths and I had to give everybody had to be an 8-0 <laughs> and an 0-8 which turned out to be all right but uh, yeah uh, so but yeah um, I think I definitely had them a little bit higher uh, excellent but um, I can't I can't confirm that <laughs> fair enough so future of the Falcons what are our expectations for next year um I think it'll well we've not really spoken about it yet um but I think we're we're moving. It's likely that we'll go in a direction of having two teams again, um, and that will likely again. This is none of this is confirmed, um, but 
uh, I'm certainly hoping, and I think it will be the case, that we'll have um, a, kind of what you're going for this year, Gareth, with the Sharks, is a, is a, is a, a team that is, you know, looking to press um, and, and go for that premiership. Um, and be the sort of the best team, and then we'll have our second team will be uh, more of a development squad and get that sort of competition with people trying to push themselves to be better and, and move into that, uh, you know, get the best possible players in the, mm. in the in the Premiership team, hopefully. Okay, I'll put put you on the spot now here, Lewis. Um, Ex- Exeter A team, what place would they have come in this division? This year, Exeter A team would have come second in this division. Bold. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I mean, this 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 Exeter Black team um, came very close to beating Western. Came very close to beating Cheltenham. Came very close to beating Canesham. Um, and I. Th- Despite the score not necessarily being that close with the with the Devils, I felt like particularly in the first half the game was very close. I'm not sure if we'd if we managed to get over the hump with Chichester. Um, that was, but but it would certainly be a more competitive game. That would be the one that I really wouldn't want to to predict a winner for. I think we'd definitely be more in that game. Uh, so for the sake of argument, I'll give Chichester the benefit of a doubt. Uh, too kind, case. but but I think seven seven and one uh, with a full strength squad would would not would not have been unachievable. Well, listeners, it is Lewis L E W I S. If you're looking for him on Facebook, and leave him some comments <laughs> about what you think about that prediction. Um, moving on, uh, hometown hero for Falcons Green. This award was won by Patrick Smith for his. Outstanding play on both sides of the ball. That yeah. seemed... oh, that's very well learned. Not surprised at all. Patrick's blitzing. He was an absolute nightmare for quarterbacks. His coverage ability has also come a long way uh, in the past 12 months. Um, and uh, he was he provided one of the brightest spots when he was on the field on offense as well. He was um, quite often able to make the first defender miss and, and provide some creativity. So, yeah, absolutely deserved. Congratulations, Patrick. Um, okay, moving on to seventh. Um, we've got the Berkshire Renegades at two and six. Um, number seven offense in the division with 22 points a game. Unfortunately, the, the worst defense in the division with 44 points conceded. Only the North Hans Phantoms are worse in Britain at the moment. Unfortunately, we have no stats for the Renegades. Nothing on League Republic, so uh, nothing to add there. But what have we thought about the Renegades in their first year? I think they're a plucky bunch of uh, players, to be honest. They've got some talent all, all over the board. Mm. They, they're doing that that classic year one thing where they're they're kind of finding out who they are on both sides of the ball. They're doing the classic, we're going to play man across on defence, um, which probably lends itself as to why the defence is quite leaky. Um, but you've got to think progressing on to year two. You know, they, they can springboard themselves off some good wins from this year. Um, and really put it on forward. They've definitely got a quarterback who can sling the ball around, and, and I know Kiwi is a coach who in, uh, can move people in the right direction. So, uh, yeah, I think they're, they're a good growing team would be my assessment of Berkshire. Yeah, absolutely. The, you hit the nail on the head with that quarterback situation. They've, they've really got something there if they can, can mould him and work him. He's got 
an incredible ability to make defend uh, make blitzers miss, um, and then he's got an absolute howitzer of an arm. He can like push it downfield, uh, and then yeah, they've got they've got some great athletes on both sides of the ball. So uh, yeah, they'll be they'll be competitive soon. Absolutely, um, you know when when we played them, we were really impressed with the physical ability of some of their defenders, but um, you know. Unfortunately for them, man coverage was not the way to go against the Sharks. Um, but uh, no, loads of potential there. Um, hope to see them back next year. Um, you know, with, with that season under their belts, I would expect them to do better. Um, mm. They're certainly not the most talent poor team I've seen by a, a long stretch. So yeah. um, hope they're back and good luck to them. I'm um, certainly excited to see how the, um, our rivalry grows. Um, obviously sharing the same... City, I think there's only room for us to sort of develop like against each other. Um, so I'm excited to see what they can bring in the future because I think our results so far have been one-sided. So maybe we'll get some closer games in the future against them. Yeah, and that's what you want, right? I mean, iron, iron sharpens iron. So uh, you want that sort of friendly rivalry with a close team that you can just be like, okay, now you're actively making us a better team as well. So, yeah, 100%. yeah, I've, I have, I have every faith that they'll be back. They had a pretty decent squad, and they've got a, a, you know some good leadership in Kiwi. So, uh, yeah, I've, I have a lot of faith that they'll, they'll certainly be back, and we'll see uh, a much improved Renegades squad next year. Excellent. Uh, now, unfortunately, no Renegades were able to vote uh, in the awards, so we don't have an official hometown hero. Um, however. Unofficially, there was a player who received multiple votes for Defensive Player of the Year, so we will give him hometown hero. And that was James Gilmore, who got two nominations for Defensive Player of the Year, I suspect for his fantastic performances in the final game day uh, against both Exeter and Chichester. So, well done, James, for your unofficial hometown hero award. (laughs) Well, having not known that, Gareth, I can absolutely give someone a shout-out as well to one of the renegades in the back end. I think her name's Penny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think Penny is a good, is a great shout. Um, not, not to take anything um, away from the action, from the nominee, but uh, she definitely put in a lot of graph behind the scenes as well, so she deserves a mention. Uh, that was my fault. I should have consulted with my hosts before making that decision. <laughs> we'll no share. worries. No worries, Gareth. Well, it's good to see that you've been overruled live on the pod. <laughs> yeah. I edit that bit out, Gareth. <laughs> I may be hosting today, but we know where the power lies. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's credit both of them because yeah, I, I played against yeah. James on that final game day and he, he was fantastic. So. Yeah, on on the field and off the field, they've definitely got someone worthy of of that hometown hero award. And like I say, Penny does so much work behind the scenes and you know keeps the sort of admin side of it, which can, as we know, can be quite a lot. Keeps everything ticking over. You know, they make sure that they, they, their pitch and condi- their pitch was in good condition and it was all marked out and stuff. And she, you know, did all all the paperwork, all the rosters and things. She couldn't do enough. So yeah. I'm happy for them to share a, a hometown hero award. Awesome. Uh, so let's move on to sixth place. It's Exeter Falcons Black, two and six. Uh, number five offense, 24 points per game. Number six defense, 32 points per game. Jake Tillett leads the division with 11 interceptions. I think that's got him fourth in the nation at the moment. Uh, Ed McKenna, 13 receiving touchdowns. I think that's, that's fifth in the SWC. 
Uh, Callum Twine, three sacks, uh, leads with pressures. And Lewis, I think you finished number four quarterback in passing touchdowns with 29. Stop me if I'm wrong. How's, how's I, it been for you this season? Educational, uh, I think, is probably the best word to use. Um, again, similar to the, to the Falcons green, we've got lots of thing, lots of takeaways that we can take from it. I think frustrating is also another word uh, I'd use because, uh, as I alluded to earlier, so many of our games were really close um, and, and we, were, we were in it right to the death. Um, you know, Berkshire Renegades game was only... A, a single point. Canesham was a, a single touchdown. Uh, I think Western ended up being two touchdowns, but only because a referee decision to overturning our uh, our touchdown um, kind of killed the game for us, uh, and, the, and the, the ensuing touchdown padded the victory. And Cheltenham was um, was in it right right the way to the end as well. I think that was only one score. So frustrating that you know we came so close in so many games. Um, and couldn't quite couldn't quite get it over the line, uh, but also just loads of fun, and it was great. We had you know this was essentially the rookie team, um, bar for you know the the leadership group of myself, Susie, and Ed. Um, Susie Susie's our club president, and Ed and I are the coaches. Uh, so and, and the rest was you know all rookies, um, and it was it was really great to see those guys getting on the field and just having the best time and having like we, we, we played with smiles all season long and they had the best time and they learned some invaluable lessons and got some invaluable experience and, you know, shout outs to obviously Jake had a phenomenal season. Um, but Tom Wood and Ollie Wood, the two brothers were enthusiastic throughout. Uh, both of them were really supportive from the sideline whenever they weren't on the field. And it's great to have that kind of, that kind of character. Um, and Tristan, who you know joined us halfway through, and uh, Ed's brother Alex was only able to join us for a, a game and twenty seconds of a game, a uh, game day <laughs> and twenty seconds uh, before destroying his hamstring. But definitely showed some promise, uh, and I'm hoping that we can have him back soon, fully fit. And yeah, he he's definitely gonna um, make some make some noise uh, in this Falcons team. So. Um, there's there's a name for you to keep an eye out for for the future if you can stay healthy is Alex McKenna, um, but yeah, educational for sure and it's really exciting going forward and and, and we've got uh, a lot to be a lot to look forward to. Mm. Well, you've you've given a nice introduction there to the uh, the hometown hero award for Falcons Black, which went to Jake Tillett um, as an interception machine, dependable on both sides of the ball. Um, and I should mention that he did just edge out Thomas Wood. And I, I got a lovely quote for, for Tom that was, every team should have a Tom Wood, which I liked a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, but well, absolutely. Well done to Jake for winning the Hometown Hero Award. Yeah, many, many congrats, Jake. Uh, so moving on to fifth place and the Kings. Five and three record for the rookie team. Good first season in the SWC. Um, number six offense with 22 points a game, but the number three defense tied with Western conceding 29 points a game. Jay, you, you spread the ball around a bit on O. There's, there's many, many receivers with four touchdowns, so I'll just reel them off. Uh, Charlie, I apologize if I mispronounce your name, but Garrick Roberts, uh, Trell Hurst, Simon Love, 
Josh Vince and Andrew Cragg all with four touchdowns. Uh, Trell, Hurst and Cragg leading for interceptions with two apiece. And David, please jump in with the pronunciation, Jay, but Avalaneda. Sure. Five yeah, sacks, yeah. Um, <laughs> number two in I love the division. How, I love how you ask Jay like he knows. <laughs> he, uh, David has, tell, has told me, and uh, I, I'm not butchering it because he'll beat me up. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jay, why, why don't you run us through um, what it's been like at the Kings this year? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely will, but I'm interested in all, all three of your opinions, really, from the outside looking in. So please chip in as well. Um, the big learning years uh, for me personally, and I think for the whole team, um, it is very difficult to not only get a group of players together in COVID, quickly get your um, affiliation games done in the in the small window that we had where the, the bat virus wasn't important anymore, um, and then uh, and then turn around for the season with four weeks prep, and uh, and I mean I only turned up for those four weeks, and, and we were still trying to figure out who who we were together, so. To win five games, I don't really know how we've uh, we've pulled that out of the hat. Um, but what a great group of people, and and how how they've come on for the whole season. Um, can't can't knock their enthusiasm to go with it. So uh, yeah, pretty pleased with it. But yeah, like I say, I'm I'm interested in more in what you guys thought. Having played the Kings in their affiliation uh, games, I think the um, the jump from those games to how you guys performed in the season was massive. And uh, you won't hear me say this very often, Jay, but I think um, having a, a, an experienced quarterback such as yourself uh, to help kind of steady that ship um, probably went a long way to that as well. Um, but yeah, certainly lots of uh, a, a massive shout out to Dylan and Craig uh, who have just been absolute superstars getting that whole organization off the ground. No easy feat. The, the universe threw everything at them. And, uh, you know, they've come out the other end of it with a, a winning record in their first year and a year they can absolutely be proud of. And, and a great bunch of guys as well. I'm, I'm, I'm big fans of everyone on the Kings, on the Kings squad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was it was great fun playing the Kings. Um, I know you were missing a few players on the on the Chichester game day, but I thought Trell was fantastic. Um, David, as I should connect, correctly pronounce his name, absolutely a, a really great blitzer. And um, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten his name. Ex Exeter player who plays defense for you, John Ebenezer, Chicago Thank John. You. Chicago John, I thought he was brilliant in the game against us as well. So, a lot of potential there. Obviously, yeah. Craig and yourself as well. Great players. I'm, I'm sure there's a, there's a good future there. You're onto a winner with Chicago John because he is he's so coachable, and he's one of these players that will just absorb everything you say to him, and then he'll just do it, and you don't need telling twice. He just gets it. He's really smart. He's really enthusiastic. And I'm gutted that we lost him. Yeah, unfortunately for John, he lives about uh, five or six doors down from me. So he does get a lot of, <laughs> he does get a lot of my whining on the way to training. But, on the uh, fly coaching as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to call it, coaching is very polite, I think. Um, <laughs> no, what, what a good bunch of guys, right? And uh, yeah, roll on year two, I think. Can't wait. Um, what's the, what, what do you think the goal is for year two? What, what should we expect from the Kings next year? Um, I think the goal for year two, without putting a record on it, really will be to improve on our um, statistical performance from a 
from a pure numbers point of view, I don't think we put up as many points as we're probably worth, but that was more a execution level issue rather than a skill and or scheme based issue. Uh, and there's a similar probably take on defense as well, although we play particularly well on, on, on that side of the ball. I think we kind of want to nail things in a lot more of a um, structured way, you know, rather than um, rather than turning up and, and sort of changing our tack every time. So mm. there's probably just those normal learning curves, which I know I've alluded to already with Barkshield, that you have to go through where you have to knit everybody together in a in a steady way. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to put a prediction on it because I just don't know what the division will look like next year. But of you know, course. we are in a tough division. We do. We do play some competitive teams, and, and it'll be good to see us go against pos- hopefully some of the Welsh teams as well. So, uh, Lewis, how did we do with predicting the Kings' record? So, um, Jay had them come in third with a six and two record. So not I far one more off in terms off. of record. Not 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 bad in terms of record. Uh, you're running away with it at the moment, Gareth, with a perfect five and three. Excellent. So, but I would that assume was, that I had them. Uh, you had them. You record. had them come in in fourth. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, well we're we're joint. Yeah, we're a tiebreaker fifth, joint fourth, whatever, sure. however you want to put it. Yeah. Um, so, before we move on, hometown hero, uh, another award that's going to be shared. Um, Always tricky pronunciation with Kings have we given players. You, it would have have we given you silly names again. <laughs> I, I would never say this was a silly name. I'm, I'm sure he's very proud of his surname. But uh, Peter Kiriakou uh, is part I owner of this you've award. Absolutely, you killed that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for getting better every game, and he'll be sharing the award with Jordan Cragg for yeah. supporting the club in many different ways. So congratulations to Peter and Jordan. Yeah, that's that's nailed on absolutely who it should be. Two brilliant people that have uh, have really given a lot this year. Awesome. Uh, so, moving on to fourth place, it's the Western Supers, five and three record, uh, number three offense in the division, thirty-seven points per game, and that's currently twelve twelfth in Britain. Uh, number three defense in the SWC, tied with the Kings, twenty-nine points per game. Sam Matthews, great season for him. 14 touchdowns, fourth in the Southwest. On D, uh, you've got Gareth Brock and Dan Frost both have three picks, uh, with Matt Hansford recording five sacks. Uh, Matt Keyes, 21 touchdown passes. I think that's tied for, for fifth in the division with, with UJ. So there's a few ties between the Supers and the Kings in record, defence and productivity of quarterback. Uh, what have we thought of the Supers this year? Well, I've, the ben- I've... I've had the benefit of playing them three times, and I thought every single <laughs> time I played them, they've they've tried to they've tried to diversify their game a little bit more. They probably, I think they've probably taken it to heart that we keep on calling them a bit of a sort of run and shoot type uh, type offense, and they've definitely tried to expand what they've done. Um, I've had a lot of fun playing the, the Supers this year, and I, I I think they are genuinely a good bunch of people. Mm. Um, it's you know, they they obviously went and ran away with Division One in 2019. If we're going to go all the way back, that is 2019, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, all so those sit, years ago. It, it just seems ages ago, doesn't it? Um, to see them sitting fourth, do I would I still pitch them against the teams above them? Yeah, I think I think they've got every chance of beating every single one of those teams above them. They obviously didn't yeah. have Matt for one of those fixtures, so that plays into it as well. Um, so 
yeah not they've not really dropped off from last the 2019 season but i can't i can't say that the covid breaks helped them it's probably uh probably stunted where they're, they're springboard a little bit yeah i mean the the game day without matt was the one where they played chichester um only lost by four points really close game um got well beaten by cheltenham but you know if, if matt had been there who knows it we could be looking at a very different story um at the end of the season <clears throat> Yeah, I think they'll rue they'll rue that day um, in particular. Uh, they they could certainly be thinking that um, six and two was uh, probably more representative. I think it's difficult to say because I mean I would have I definitely wouldn't would have put those those two uh, scorelines the other way around. So losing to Chichester by only four points, they would probably think that you know that that game's there for the taking. Uh, I imagine that going into the, the Neptunes game, they probably would have thought uh, that they, they, they could have taken one over the rookies as well. Um, but since then, they've only gone from strength to strength and, uh, and have, have made for some very exciting games and certainly improved across the season. But yeah, I think, I think you're right, Joe. I think uh, COVID may have um, sort of slowed the train down a little bit after coming off that Division One win. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a good year for the Supers with the exception of that first game day. I mean, they've certainly got the players. They're going to be in the Premiership next year, um, presuming they're playing teams like Cardiff, maybe North Hans Titans, Aylesbury. How do we think the Supers are going to fare against that competition? I think it'll be super, super interesting to see how they're... How they're because they've got the players, and I think they've got the talent level to be at the Premiership. But it'll be really, really interesting to see if they how they adjust to playing some of those teams that have got lots, lots of experience, but also the athletes to back it up in in every area of the field. Um, I think we'll, they'll, we'll... they'll they'll make some surprises for sure. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't see. I don't see them running away with it and, and winning the Premiership, for instance. I'd, I'd see them much more of a middle of the road team for next year. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, I, I, say, I think they're. Um... They, I think they'll survive for sure, uh, and I think they'll make for some really exciting games. Um, you know, we'll we'll see how the how the divisions shake out uh, in the end. But you know, can they? Um, can, uh, do I think they're going to be able to beat the likes of Cardiff, Northants Titans, Aylesbury? Aylesbury, maybe they might give a run at, um, but those are the top teams. Probably not so much if they do the cross conference stuff again. I don't think they'll necessarily hang with the likes of. Um, you know, London Smoke, uh, uh, Baker Street Button Hookers. Uh, you know, not are a shadow of the of their former selves, um, but the, those are the sort of middle of the road teams like Coventry Cougars. They're there for the taking. Um, I'm trying to think who else is is going into that. Uh, I mean, who knows? Chichester could be there, and and we'll have who knows? Uh, that that Chichester Western rivalry in the Premiership. Um, but the Victoria Park Panthers are another one this year, a shadow of the former selves. That could be a, a game that, that they might be able to steal uh, in cross-conference. Cross so, yeah, I think it's definitely in the Premiership um, a, a year they can survive and they can compete. I don't see them being a one-and-done team and, and back in Div 1 the following year. And where, where were our predictions with the Supers? Uh, let's see. So you both went six and two. Jay had them coming in second. You had them coming in third. 
So, so not far off. Not far off, but perhaps perhaps a little bit of a disappointing record for the Supers. But do we all feel that they've got enough to stay in, in the Premiership next year? Yeah, I think so. I certainly think they'll give every shot at it. So best of luck to them. Excellent. And uh, we will leave it with the, the hometown hero for the Supers. That award goes to Sam Matthews. Mostly, it would seem, for doing all the admin jobs. But we think, <laughs> we think he's a pretty useful player too. <laughs> yeah. For sure, yeah, and I think he does take a lot of that um, off the field stuff on his back. I guess I certainly get the sense from a lot of their players that they just like to show up, play football, drink beer, uh, and enjoy themselves. But you know, every everybody needs to have at least one person that is willing to do all the paperwork that Baffer makes them do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Neil. Um, <laughs> so moving on to third place the Reading Devils 6-2 and two. Uh, number two offence in the division 11th nationally 39 points per game number two defence in the division uh, 23 points per game currently that's 17th nationally uh, Tom Holwell third in the SWC passing touchdowns with 33 uh, main, one of the main reasons for that is a 15 touchdown season for Vin Berry second in the division. Uh, Callum McKeveney leading the division in sacks with seven, which apparently is also seventh in the nation at the moment. So not bad at all. And then James Hegarty leading with interceptions with five. So home alone or, or homeward bound. Uh, what was your thoughts on, on the Devils season? Um, I think we're obviously disappointed to lose in that final game day, but on a whole, I'm very happy with how the season went, I think, coming from where we were this time in 2019, sort of being that university team to make that jump. I'm, I'm really excited about our future ahead going into next year, but I think we've certainly showed that we can compete um, at a sort of high level of flag. I think we still have a few things we'd like to figure out ourselves, but we're certainly going to try and work our way through those. And what would you say your your goals are for next year? Um, well, obviously, I'd love to say win the division, but I think you're going to see a whole sort of new side for the Devils. Um, we've never before continued training through the winter, which we're going to start doing from now on. And we are looking to actually expand into sort of tournaments again, which we've never really done. So I think we've got signed up to go to Grand Canary in January or something. So I think... Obviously, I think we might be a bit better prepared coming into sort of game week one than we usually are, but I'm very excited to see what we can take this team and how far we can go. Okay, and a question for, for Jay and uh, Lewis. In your opinion, do you think the Devils are the favourites for winning Division One next year? Well, that's that's dependent on who's in Division One, Gareth. Yeah, are, yeah, are you assuming yeah. that the Sharks aren't there? Let's Let's assume the Sharks aren't there. Then yes. Yeah, I agree. If the sharks, if the sharks do end up in the prem, um, then yeah, I think Reading have got to be the favourites to top the division. Reading probably need to add, in my opinion, and Homeland, you probably already know this. I think you probably need to add about three players, based on the squad depth you had towards the end of the year. And a... <laughs> is is one of them? Is one of them Jay Ballamy? <laughs> no, 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 no. He'll <laughs> come back to do John Terry. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, no, no, no. I mean, Howell's outplayed me as he always has has done. So um, I don't think I'm I'm needed there anymore. But um, you just need to add a few more players just from a, a pure depth point of view because I think that's what probably scuppered you in that last set of game days. Other than that, 
there's nothing that's stopping Reading going on and being a Premiership team in two years' time. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I think um, that we're going to have to look at expanding um, into the future. Obviously, trying to pull away from that university cycle aspect that has sort of plagued the team in the past and kind of was there a bit um, present this year. But we're obviously going to brainstorm some some ways to try and get around that. So I'm hopeful we can we can push forward and get a solid core going forward. So, Lewis, what did we have for the Reading Devils in terms of our predictions? So, Jay was spot on with his prediction of six and two, but had them in fourth, and you had them with seven and one in second. Close, but no cigar. So, finishing off... I think I probably also would have had them at seven and one. I think my my guess would have been they only would have lost to Chichester, and I think I would have agreed with you guys, seven and one and and a, a second place. Is probably what I would have said. It's got to the point now, though, where they don't lose to Chichester because they're not talented enough. They just lose to Chichester because it's a curse. Yeah, it's fully <laughs> Neil a Henderson. At this point. I don't think it's even Neil anymore. I think I think it's a genuine curse. Yeah, um, yeah because because that. Neil Henderson has sold his soul to the devil for victories <laughs> yeah. over Reading. Um, so we'll finish off with the the hometown hero. There was uh, a little bit of variety in the voting, but the the winner is with us now. It's Ryan McKeveney for general embodiment of team spirit. So that's a fix. Yeah. <laughs> I, I probably haven't bribed anyone for that. Cheers, guys, um, for voting for me. No, that's, that is well deserved because I know how much work you've put in this year, Home Alone. So uh, well done, mate. Good Excellent. So moving to the second place team, Cheltenham Neptune, six and two, uh, number four offense in the division, thirty six points per game. Interestingly, or at least I find it interesting, we have four offenses in the top fifteen in the country out of sixty teams. So uh, Reading were eleventh, Supers were twelfth, and Neptunes were thirteenth in Britain at the moment. Um, they have the number five defence, conceding 32 points a game. It's been a really good season for, for Justin at quarterback, 35 passing touchdowns. He's second in the division. Luke's fifth in receiving touchdowns with 13. And Freddie Burridge is just behind him with 12. Uh, and on D, Anurag Chand and Dan Selwood both have three picks each. Um, really, really in my opinion, surprisingly good season for the Neptunes, but they've been fantastic. Yeah, worth, worth every moment of it. And uh, certainly some humble pie for us to all eat when we come to that segment. But yeah, yeah. Cheltenham, have been, uh, Cheltenham have, been, have been really enjoyable to watch. Um, and that, that offence in particular is really exciting. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to having them in the league again and, and, and looking forward to playing them again. Um, and, and again, just the nicest guys. Uh, and, and Ben has done a really great job of, of putting together a um, really nice squad and, and, ha- and creating an ethos within that team that is uh, you know, just nice to be around. And they were, they were great. And, and you know, I'm not sure about you guys, but uh, when, well, first of all, the, the grounds that they used were phenomenal. Um, and I think w- the, the three game days, so from a BAFA perspective as well, the fact that they helped us out and said, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll host an extra game day after Woking dropped out. Um, that was super helpful. Uh, they couldn't do enough to help just get football 
done. Um, and, uh, you know, the grounds were uh, always of a high standard. I think two of their game days they played at the Cheltenham Tigers RFC, which I've heard is great. And then even when, um, even when we, that wasn't available at the last minute for the, the last game of the year, um, the last, the last minute place that they managed to get was of an equally high standard. Um, so, you know, that takes a lot of hard work and, and congratulations on that front. And when we arrived, they had like, you know, a crate of water and snacks for us and stuff and just, I've never seen anything like it. It was brilliant. No, and big shout out for that. That was such a class, I thought. Yeah, and then we all, you know, we had a chat and catch up at the end as well and, and everyone was super friendly after a, a pretty <laughs> pretty tense day by all accounts. Um, so, yeah, great, great team and an absolute asset to the league. Classy is the word you uh, sum mm-hmm. up, Cheltenham. Classy. Great For outfit. Sure. So go on then, Lewis. Tell us, tell us the damage. How far off prediction-wise? I'm so glad that I don't know what mine were because I'm pretty sure it was worse than what you guys predicted. But you both had them at three and five and a sixth place finish, and I'm pretty sure mine was even worse than that. But I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, six and two. This is what we thought. Three and five. We can yeah. only apologise, Cheltenham. <laughs> well, you sure Cheltenham. showed us. I knew nothing about you. I based it completely off your social media. So uh, it's on you, really, as far as I'm concerned. It's all your fault. Improve your social media, and then I'll, um, then I'll predict you better in the future. We obviously. thought they were, they were just a team with a nice kit, but yeah, turns out they're exactly. so much more. They've actually got ability, which is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, a nice kit and a cannon of an arm doesn't necessarily make for a, a, you know, a, a, a good prediction. Um, but, yeah, you showed us. So going only, for... only train one hour a week. That, sorry, that blows my mind. I know. So going forward, uh, a team that can score 36 points a game, are they a dark horse for promotion next year? I think you have to say that they're in there, won't you? I think they'll definitely go to the tournament, if you see what I mean. Mm. Um, I don't... It's going to be a really good matchup to see that Reading-Cheltenham game again next year, hopefully with a more healthy Reading side, hopefully with less controversy than there was on this occasion without <laughs> digging too deep into that. Um, but that game for me is going to be game of the year next year. I hope we've got two games of it because we have the, the sort of home and away legs, if you will. Um, and, and yeah, I, th- I think they're definitely, definitely going to, they're going to push a lot of, a lot of the top end teams in division one mm. next year, for sure. I think, Again, depending on how the, the divisions shake out, let's assume Chichester are a premiership. Um, they can certainly be competing with, uh, a, you know, I mean, they beat Western this year, but even a, a fully armed and operational Western team. Um, and, and they were very competitive with, with Reading. It was a very close game. So they're definitely in the conversation for that top three, top four uh, um, kind of position. Um I think automatic promotion might be uh, a, a little ambitious, but I, I think you agree. I think they're definitely going to finals day, even if it's um, whether that be probably at best, I think it would be um, fighting with that, uh, the promotion relegation game, you know, as a, like a second place, um, whoever's being relegated has got to fight for it. Um, but I think they're definitely going into that plate bracket at the very least. So uh, you know, my prediction is there's a chance for some silverware next year, even if it's the plate. 
But well done, Cheltenham. It's been a hell of a year. And uh, the Hometown Hero Award, this one was emphatic and unanimous. It's Dan Selwood, uh, defensive captain. He's taken a, a rookie defence and they've come second in the league. Some unbelievable plays that, that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. He's been the team doctor and apparently he's also been working on the front lines during the pandemic as a doctor. So ev- everyone who voted, voted for Dan from the Neptune. Wow. So well yeah, done, Dan. Well done, Dan. Yeah, many congrats, Dan. Uh, so we we move on to the team that no one wants to hear me talk about, so I'll make this quick. Um, <laughs> first place, Chichester Sharks, 8-0. Number one offence in the division, 57 points a game. Only the smoke have a better offence, points-wise. Uh, number one defence in the division, 17 points a game. Neil Henderson, 56 touchdown passes, fifth in the nation. Will led the SWC in touchdowns with 21. Uh, on D, I had 10 picks, but Shorty and Will were just behind with nine and eight, respectively. Uh, and Craig Brown and Andy Jenkins led the team with three sacks each. Um, couldn't and really, that, ladies and gentlemen, is why they shouldn't be in Div One next year. <laughs> <laughs> that that is our CV. Please consider us for the press. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not fair, is it? It's just not fair. We'd love to see you all again, just for the the friendships that we have developed. And, and well, it's easy to be friends with people you spank every week, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty abusive relationship. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, that's the first time I've heard the sharks and Div One div- described as an abusive relationship. <laughs> uh, it's if someone bullies you, are they really your friend? I don't know. It's just banter. It's just banter. Whack. <laughs> Here's a 50 burger. Bam. Um, sure he's gone around you again. It's, it's been, it's been a good year. And about it either. I mean, for, for the Sharks, it's we, we couldn't have asked for more. Everybody's done exactly what was asked of them. And, and I think what was what was predicted by everyone at the start of the season. Um, I think a couple of us predicted 8-0. No. Um, Lewis, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I was definitely 8-0. Oh. I remember you were 8-0. Oh. Jay was 7-1, and one, but still uh, still first place given. Um, well, I maintained uh, that I would still beat Neil. That was my problem. <laughs> Dylan mentioned that I've got, I've got everyone's except my own here. Uh, Dylan mentioned 7-1 and one for the Sharks, Neptunes and Supers. I don't know how he worked that out. Um, joint first. Um, I think that that could work, couldn't it? Very specific uh, set of results. Ben, yeah. Ben, Ben Newham, six and two. Um, but again, also joint six and two with Reading and Western. Uh, I'd, I'd have a go at Ben, but I was equally poor with my prediction for Cheltenham. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, we've we've said everything that needs to be said about about the Sharks this season, particularly you know the the main players. Um, but we've had some really great players who've come through. Lisa Turner has played four games for us this season. Um, it's her rookie year, and she's become a valuable member of the squad. Um, Kate obviously is playing really well, hoping to. Hoping to push into the GB team for the the upcoming tournaments, um, and then we've had we've had players like John Venables, who's who's been at the club for a few years. He's been he, he's he's got the 
he got one safety this year, which I think vaults him to the top of the all-time list for the Sharks. So, well done, JV. Um, so, and yeah. then a certain Mr. Gareth Price. I think you got your uh, your first pick six of your career. I did. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> no worries. Thank you in more ways than one, right? Thank, thank you for throwing me the ball, and then thank you for missing the tackle. <laughs> I didn't miss the tackle. Trell missed the tackle. Throw your seeds under the bus. Yeah, he'll, he'll thank you for that, yeah. You were wow. both there. Yeah, I think, I think Gareth and I both know if I had a shot at him, he wouldn't have got there. <laughs> by hook or by crook. Yes. I think throughout one of, one of, the, one of the shows uh, not so long ago, Gareth, I think, you mentioned um, summed up the sharks for me, which was there are people who are there are people on the sharks who are not getting as much game time or are part of that rotation squad that are equally good enough and in the past have been good starters. Um, yeah. and that that for me was just like yeah, absolutely, that sharks team is ridiculous. You got people like. Um, like Kate, who is you know GB Silvers at the moment, pushing for a GB Gold. Yeah, and um, and yeah, she's kind of like a, a rotational player, basically. Um, is my understanding from what I saw. Um, I mean, that's that's the, certainly it, been it the does, case this year. Yeah, but and I don't mean for that. That's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. It but it does show that the with that kind of quality of player the drop off when you start rotating players in of production, there isn't any. Hmm. No, I mean that's that's certainly true, and uh, you know we've we've got a few a few people who have sort of come by recently uh, who will be probably rookies next year that are making uh, making some of the offensive players look at themselves and go mm, I might might need to be a bit better next year. So well, and I think the epitome of that is Corey, who in 2019 and, and recent years absolutely dominated the statistics table for the Sharks and has had a relatively quiet year uh, this year by comparison. And I don't think that's um, because of his own performance. I think it's just the rest of the team has improved to such a level that Neil's able to spread the ball around and other people have benefited. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I know what I think, but what do you guys think should be the... It, let's say Chichester are in the Premiership next year. What do you think Chichester should be aiming for? I think Chichester need to aim for that top four. It depends how it gets structured, right? But if we're talking pure like kickball, football sort of terms, it would be a Champions League-style spot. You want to mm. be in the tournament at the end of it, I think, is the, is the, is the aim. I don't think... It's clear cut enough to go. Yes, you'll go number one, but I think you can definitely hang with those teams with the squad you've got at the moment and yeah. a couple of additions, which I think will probably end up coming your way anyway. Um, you know, you, you find yourself a Jake Tillett, for example, who a rookie star like that, and and you'll be flying because the depth will be there. So, I uh, I think yeah, it's it's that top four in the nation type of vibe for me for the Sharks next year. Yeah, I definitely think they're capable of more than just surviving. Um, I don't think it's one and done in the Prem again. Um, and I think this going to make for some really competitive games, <clears throat> excuse me, really competitive games with the big dogs, the London Smokes and the Cardiff Hurricanes. Um, but I th- absolutely think that sort of second tier of, of the Premiership, um, you know, your your North Ants, Titans, they, that's a winnable game. Um uh, Aylesbury Vale Cougar, uh, Spartans is a winnable game. Western will be there. That's a winnable game. 
for the Sharks. Um, all competitive, but I would I would put the Sharks as as the the favourites in some of those games, um, and the games that they're not favourites, like Cardiff and and London Smoke, um, they're still competitive, even though they would probably be considered the underdog. They'd still be close games. I mean, yeah, I I agree completely. Um, hopefully, we can we can live up to those lofty expectations. <laughs> hopefully, we're in the Premiership. Who knows? Um, but we will see. Um, so to finish off, the the hometown hero for the Chichester Sharks is unsurprisingly uh, Neil Henderson for doing everything for the Sharks. <laughs> Wait, Neil, Neil does a lot off the field, does he? No, I'm not shocked. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, credit, well credit to Neil for the for the year after year that he comes back to flag and uh, absolutely smashes the admin side of it, um, as well as you know putting on I'm great not... game days and, and being a you know and a fantastic ref as well. So um, yeah, well not deserved. just doesn't just keep his own team in line either. He's uh, more than happy to <laughs> lend his and experience to uh, other teams around the division. Yes, that's certainly true. <laughs> so very pol- that's the politest way I can think to put it. <laughs> <laughs> So that ends our year in review for the SWC. Have you guys got any best moments or general musings that you'd like to share about this season? Um, I think the funniest moment that we probably all um, all experienced is Jake Wilson Crown's chat. <laughs> um, we're playing the Devils. And it's certainly something to behold and something I will cherish with me for the rest of my life. He is forever a team captain, so you can actually talk to the refs the amount of times... They're like, is he allowed? Is he a captain? We're like, yes, yes, he is. He has yeah. to be. Yeah. <laughs> Strategic <laughs> captain if I've penalties. ever seen one. <laughs> and I think even then we've been close to penalties quite a bit this oh, season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm equally not telling him to stop, so... I'll always enjoy that that memory of the Isle of Wight where I was I was standing at safety opposite Isaac and, and Jake's on the sideline and he just says to me, you want to watch out for Isaac? He's He's really, really fast. And I said, thank you. And I dropped back five yards and it was the best decision I could have made for the game. Yeah. I'm having words soon for that one then. <laughs> uh, for me, I guess it's um, it's just been from a coaching uh, and, and coaching and committee standpoint, just a sort of just really educational. And I've tried to just take on as many uh, experiences and lessons as I can about running two teams uh, in order to help make us a, a better team next year. But it's been lots of fun. I'll add that beating Jay was very nice. Well, well, no. oh, oh, Jay, so. <laughs> I, 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 I thought that was a bit harsh, to be fair. Where's that come from? <laughs> it's so lovely all year. Um, on, a, on, a, on a personal note, picking off Jay was very nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just gets a dig in at Jay now. Oh, yes. I I've been Be- very inefficient this year, I understand. Before you get a pick. You get a pick. Material now. <laughs> He's going to be bringing it to um, King's trainings. Like, look, I've got to, we've got to prove ourselves now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, you know the stare that I give home alone. It'll just be six months of that until we get to play again. Yeah. <laughs> So before this descends into total anarchy, shall we move on to some awards? I think yes. we started with total anarchy, didn't we? We did. That's true. Started with total anarchy in the first pre-chat of the first episode, <laughs> exactly. and, it's, and it's deteriorated from there. But we'll try and add some control. It's time for some awards. Um, Fantastic. 
So we've got Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and we've got a Division MVP. So the Division MVP is the person who received the most votes across the board for Offensive and Defensive Player. Um, This was voted for by SWC players. We had about 35 votes in total, so a decent cross-section of the league. And um, what do we want to start with? Do we want to start with offense or defense? Jay, what do Let's think? start with offense. Cool. So, offensive player of the year. What I'm going to do is just read out all the people who got a nomination because it's nice to know that your opponents fear you. <laughs> um, you did say offense, didn't you, Jay? I did, yeah, mate. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Not listening. Okay, so... The anarchy's nom- back. It is. Nominations for Offensive Player of the Year. For the Sharks, we've got Shorty Brown, Neil Henderson, Will Quigley, and myself. Uh, For the Neptunes, Luke Cavallaris. For the Devils, Tom Holwell, Vin Berry, and Isaac Harding. For the Supers, Matt Keese and Sam Matthews. And for the Kings, Jay Ballamy and Trell Hurst. Who who the hell has elected me? That's that. Home Alone, was it you? It wasn't me. I'm not. Wow. Can we just check? Can we just check that those uh, those Jay Ballamy votes haven't come in from from Kings players? I I have <laughs> checked. Um, I I will point out. I, I hope I hope they won't mind me. I did say it was going to be uh, anonymous, but there's clearly a bit of a bromance because one of the votes for Jay was also someone that Jay voted for. Yeah, so. yeah. I know exactly who it is. <laughs> <laughs> My guy. Um, but the the award. Offensive Player of the Year, SWC 2021, Will Quigley, Chichester Sharks. Yeah, congrats. Big, well I'm done, clapping, Will. but you definitely can't deserve. hear it. <laughs> uh, 21 touchdowns. He's been a bit of a monster on defence as well, but I think he's got the best dip move this side of the, the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am completely not surprised uh, that it's, it's Will. Just a monster on, on both sides of the ball and particularly on offense, as evidenced by what was it twenty one receiving touchdowns and far and away the uh, I think the next closest is Vinberry on fifteen. So he's well ahead of the pack. Yeah. And he's 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 far ahead of any other sharks as well. So he's he's just had a phenomenal season. He's been he's been a leader on both sides of the ball. He he gives us a bit more bite shall we say, than the Sharks would have without him. He's, you know, very competitive player, but he just, he excels on both sides of the ball and, uh, yeah, thoroughly deserves to win. Cool. So moving on to Defensive Player of the Year. Um, Players that were nominated from the Sharks, Shorty Brown, Will Quigley, Andy Jenkins and myself. Uh, From the Neptunes, Anurag Chand. Uh, from the Devils, Ryan McEveney and Jake Wilson-Crown. Uh, from the Supers, Sam Matthews. From the Kings, Peter Kiriakou and Trell Hurst. From the Falcons, Jake Tillett and Ed McKenna. And from the Renegades, James Gilmore and Ashley Lovell. So 14 nominations, quite varied there. Um, but the winner, Defensive Player of the Year, Jake Tillett of the Exeter Falcons Black. Well done, Jake. Well done. Thoroughly deserved. Led led the league in interceptions. 
for a rookie. Um, yeah, he, he was outstanding when we played them and he's clearly been outstanding the whole season. So, well done, Jake. What well, one season bombshell he is. He absolutely is, and we won't see him now for another two years. <laughs> <laughs> he's dropped the mic and gone to America. Yeah, pretty much. He's just gone, oh, I'm, I'm pretty good at this football, Lark. I'm just going to go walk on at Temple, I think. <laughs> so that's, that's what that Jake's is... doing. He's Yeah, he's gone to Temple University to do his Masters. Uh... Does, does he have a, a genuine intention to have anything to do with the football team? Uh, I have no idea. I don't think so. But um, who knows? Maybe buoyed by uh, um, being voted defensive MVP um, by, got, his, by his yeah. peers, he might. Got to yeah, let, the co- let the coaches at Temple know. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, what he needs to, that's what he needs to walk on to. By the way, I was the SWC unofficial podcast Defensive Player of the Year for flag football. Oh. <laughs> He'll be flying to get him signed up. Oh, I think this this one's as official as you can get with it voted for by your by your peers. It's just our all star team that's complete nonsense. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> um, well done, Jake. And uh, moving on now to the SWC MVP. So this was the player that received the most votes for both Offensive Player and Defensive Player of the Year combined. Um, unsurprisingly for me, this wasn't particularly close. The The division MVP is Shorty Brown of the Chichester yeah. Sharks. Yeah. As it should be. As it should be. Incredible Absolutely. year from Shorty. Yeah. Um, can't, uh, can't really argue with it, can you? There's, I mean, we've said it or we've said it every week. He's just incredible. Runs he, around people for fun. I think he just, he brings, he, he's a unique offensive weapon in Britain and, and I might even go as far to say in, in Europe, there's not a player who does exactly what Shorty does. Um, he's so elusive. For, for me, he's the best centre in, in Britain. Come at me, people who disagree. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think he should be, he should be the GB gold centre for me. Um, He's just been sensational. And, and, you know, one of the reasons that he hasn't scored as many touchdowns as, as say, Will is he's been sort of the, the workhorse. He's got us all the way up the field with a two or three running plays. And, and then it's been, you know, a five-yard completion to Will or me or Corey or someone else. So, um, you know, he's, he's definitely been the heart and soul of the team, both sides of the ball, and uh, thoroughly deserves it. And despite all that, he's still tied for second in the league in the division for touchdowns and third in the division for interceptions. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a good year for Shorty, but I'd, I think um, I think to be perfectly honest, he he feels he can be better, which is worrying for anyone who has to play him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to see that version of Shorty, to be honest. Yeah. P- clear off to the Prem with you. <laughs> <laughs> I should certainly be following um, both Will and Shorty's careers with great interest. Absolutely. Um, so that concludes the the voted for awards. Uh, just to recap, MVP, Shorty Brown of the Sharks, Offensive Player of the Year, Will Quigley of the Sharks, and Defensive Player of the Year, Jake Tillett of the Falcons. So, it's time for the totally unofficial, official SWC All-Star team. 
We have put our heads together and selected 12 players for the All-Star team with some, let's say, some position flexibility. We've, we've got a quarterback, we've got a blitzer, and then we've shoehorned in 10 other players. <laughs> Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah that's, that's certainly that's, so. That's the fairest summary, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of people in that in this division that uh, can show up on both sides of the ball um, and, and don't necessarily fit into a single pigeonhole. But you do have those specialists by nature in flag football, like, like your blitzer and your quarterback. Um, so it's good to highlight those positions specifically. And everyone else, I think, uh, when we get through the names, you'll see is pretty useful in any position can be plug and play. So Lewis, if, if you would kick us off um, the 2021 SWC all-star team at quarterback. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think many people would disagree that uh, Justin Thomas of the Cheltenham Neptunes has just been the prototypical quarterback that you want in, uh, in flag football. He's big, he's strong, he's smart. He's got a cannon of an arm. Um, and he understands the game really well. So I think you'll agree, guys. Quarterback was was one of the hardest positions to pick um, yeah. for this this All Star team. Justin thoroughly deserving of it, but um, other people who who deserve a mention: Neil Henderson, obviously a huge number of touchdowns this year. Yeah, uh, certainly, really productive year from Neil again. Yeah, Tom Tom Holwell. Uh, received multiple votes for Offensive Player of the Year. He's been, I don't want to say a breath of fresh air at Reading because that would seem oh, insulting. Jesus. To, that would seem insulting. Christ to Almighty, uh, Gareth, who also had multiple votes for Offensive Player of the Year. Um, and then, of course, you've got um, Matt Keys, who's who's been superb for the the Western Supers. So, a lot of talent in the division. Yeah, I think. That- on on the Matt Keys uh, note, I think I think it was Jay said in the pre-chat when we were talking about this um, for worthy of mention is is just because we we talked about him being the guy that elevates the team um, around him, uh, and I think he they really missed him in that first game day more so than I think a lot of people might have realised. Because uh, he'd been, he'd, I'm not sure if he'd missed if he'd missed a game with the Supers prior to that. Um, this was the first one he missed. We thought, oh, you know, they, they might be okay without uh, without Matt, but actually, the difference with Matt being there and Matt not being there is quite large, and he does have a big effect on on that team and elevates everyone around him. So, certainly worthy of a mention. Hmm. Brilliant. So, um, Home Alone, why don't you give us player number two for the All Star team? Oh, start off with um, Vin Berry for us. Uh, so he was second in touchdowns. He led us by some margin, I think. Um, but Vin is so much more um, than just on the field for us. So he's been with the team since its foundation. Um, he's very helpful for us in terms of coaching and running sessions. He's helped out JT a lot um, this year. We're just being able to actually conduct sessions as he's new to the offensive coordinator position. So I think this is very thoroughly deserved for Vin and I'm really glad to see him on the list. Yeah, his, his, his hands have got, from what I've seen of him this year, his hands have got so much better and he's, he's developed as, as a bit of a deep threat for you as well. 
Um, yeah, very much so. He struggled, well, not necessarily struggled a bit, but the unfamiliarity with Tom uh, earlier in the season, he didn't sort of put up as good a numbers as he's necessarily used to, but the work he put in with Tom really did show towards the end of the year, and those two had a great relationship and were very much on the same page. Awesome. He's, I mean, 15 touchdowns from six games uh, is incredible and and i do i do wonder uh just how close how much closer he could have got to to will's monstrous 21 touchdowns uh had he played in that last game day um def- clearly an integral part of a very successful reading organization absolutely and when you consider the the, the plethora of other people that Tom has to throw to Vin to have put up those numbers in six games. Yeah. Pretty damn good. Um, so Jay, why don't you, why don't you give us the third player on the uh, all-star team this year? Yeah. It's who to pick from, from my, uh, from my three that I have here in front of me. I think I'm going to talk about certain Gareth price. Um, <laughs> Uh, who is, who's, uh, I, I normally try and hate defensive players. Um, but he's certainly become one of my favourites over the last uh, over the last couple of years. I mean, what can we say about Gareth? He, he, you run the defence for the Sharks, and, and, and what a defence it is. Genuinely airtight. Um, I can't remember what your specific statistic was in terms of picks, but I'm sure it was massive, right? It's um, about four a game, I think. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, an, an ability to organise a team, but not only do that and then play at a high level himself and also keep himself quite humble whilst doing it. I had the pleasure of throwing you your first pick six, um, as I've already mentioned, um, which I can't believe you've never you've never achieved that before, to be honest. Not in, a, yeah. not in a Baffer game. A, a solid rocking coverage and a, uh, an all-around great leader of, uh, of on his team. So, uh, yeah, Gareth uh, makes our first defensive selection for uh, our unofficial team. Thank you very much, Jay, and th- thank you all of you for for putting me in there. Lewis, do you want to take a moment to talk about how you beat me on a on a deep pass to Ed? Or are we... <laughs> that's the, yeah, well, it seems as you gave me the opportunity. Yeah, that's one of my that's one of my highlights. Um, yeah, it's always nice. But uh, no, I, 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 it's, uh, I, I echo everything Jay said. I mean, that very very good Chichester defense runs through Gareth, and um, and he's. Uh, after I got my one victory, very much kept the ball away from him from the rest of the day. <laughs> like, okay, I've got my, I've got my, 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 my. After you picked me off, worth worth mentioning um, that that our, our little on-field battle, I think, ended one all. Uh, you got an interception on me, um, and I got my own back with a, a big, big pass over the top. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'll st- I'll go with one all, and, and then keep the ball very much away from you for the rest of the day. <laughs> well, cheers, guys. Th- thanks for putting me in there. Um, we I... should mention that Gareth was staunchly against putting him in this team, um, but we've argued for him to be in there. So nobody out there try and try and uh, try and say this is nepotism. It's uh, it's for sure on skill and merit alone. Cheers, boys. Um, getting choked up <laughs> so now clear off to the premiership with you <laughs> with, we'll try um player number four for the swc all-star team um we've spoken about him a lot already so we can just skim past it here unsurprisingly will quigley chichester sharks um he's already won offensive player of the year so we we had to put him in um but he's been he's been fantastic on both sides of the ball and any team 
benefits from from having Will. Um, so congratulations again, Will. Um, we will move swiftly on to Lewis, player number five. So uh, I'll I'll get the other obvious shark out of the way, um, and that is your your league MVP or your division MVP, uh, Shorty Brown. Um, very similar, high productivity. Um, I mean, what more is there to say? A similar kind of situation to Will. We've kind of said it all about Shorty. He does it on both sides of the ball. He's one of the most elusive players. Um, any team, how can you, if you've got the chance to have him on your team, how can you not choose him? Uh, and he was, when I was noting down my uh, all division team um, before we talked about it and, and, and uh, settled on final numbers, Shorty was the first name on the team sheet. Yeah, I mean, I think think that was that was certainly the case for me. He's just been he's been unbelievable this season. Um, but we've talked enough about him already. So, Ryan, uh, let's have your next player. Uh, so the second player for us was James Hegarty. Uh, so James runs our um, sees our head coach. He runs our defense, and the one week we without him, I think it really did show um, in that Cheltenham game day. Uh, he's really crucial. I think our defence runs just a lot more smoother and everyone's just a lot more relaxed on the field when he's there. And I think the value that he brings cannot be understated, um, especially with him and Jake Wilson-Crown. Those two, they seem to share the same half a brain cell sometimes. Um, <laughs> and they won't mind me saying that either. So having those two being able to work together um, is a real asset to our team. Yeah, and I mean, this was a this was another, um, you know, we 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 were looking at other options as well. I think it's fair to say at this position, James has been great this year. But I mean, we're also looking at players like Ed McKenna, who uh, who have had very very strong seasons on both sides of the ball. Um, certainly deserves a mention as a as a big dispensive presence for the Falcons. So we'll move we'll move swiftly on to Jay. Uh, Who's your next player? Um, so the next player that uh, we're going to add into our team of the year is going to be Sam Matthews um, from the Western Supers. Um, we, we could go on forever about Sam's many skills, but he really is a Swiss Army knife for that Western Supers mm-hmm. team. Not only did he deliver 12 receiving touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, two interceptions and one pick six for the team, um, but he also can blitz. And, and I know in a friendly that I refereed at the end of the season, he, he decided to play quarterback as well. Um, what, I, what an amazing all-round athlete Sam is. Um, he can produce it in any position you need him to. And, and I know he does a lot of work off the field as well for that team. So, uh, yeah, deserving member of the of the unofficial uh, all-star squad. Awesome. Um, player number eight that we're going to put in our all-star squad is Luke Cavallares, Cheltenham Neptunes. Um, he's, he's just one hell of a deep threat, isn't he? Yeah, and uh, with Justin at QB, he has been awesome this year. Um, he was great in the first game day. He's he's so fast and he tracks a deep ball so well. Um, it's like, do you remember seeing those um, those old NFL fantasy football videos that were obviously most almost always fake? Um, but there was the Andre Johnson one where he puts the ball in the jugs machine and then runs downfield and catches the ball. It's, watching Luke run underneath a Justin Thomas pass was just like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
What's his name? Is, is he? He's got the nickname the Cheater, hasn't he? For them, yeah. And it's he's it's incredibly fast. It's well, it's well deserved. He's had a he's had a. Superb I'd love to know what his forty time is. Let us know, Cheltenham. Um, so, Lewis, player number nine. So my final player, another player that we've um, we've talked quite a lot about already this season, and in particular this show. Uh, a rookie entry uh, on the defensive side. Your interception leader is Jake Tillett is going into the all division squad. Yeah, and as you've said, Lewis, we've 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 talked about him ad nauseum throughout the season, and and again today, he's defensive player of the year. Leads the team and leads the uh, conference in interceptions. What a rookie season! How unfortunate it is that you won't have him next year. <laughs> yeah, it's so unfortunate. I'm so <laughs> choked up for you. <laughs> Everybody's devastated. I mean, the good thing is that if, if Exeter move back together, it's not like you're short at the safety position. So Yeah, exactly. Plenty more options there. But yeah, certainly uh, disappointing to lose um, lose Jake and hopefully maintains uh, and keeps it up when he comes back in two years' time. Um, but yeah, I have... Defensive Player of the Year. How can you not put him in the uh, in the all all conference team? Absolutely, um, Ryan. Last player from you, please. Uh, so my final one is Isaac Harding. Uh, he hasn't sort of popped up majorly on the stat sheet, although he certainly is notable on there. Some of the plays that Isaac has made this year, I think when he's is on the field, he's always standing out. Um, I think Jay will more than have to back this up, but. He's always making a one-handed grab or an acrobatic catch that really does sort of dig us out of a hole or two from now and then. Um, and not only that, but he's also filled in on defense for us this year um, quite a lot. And he certainly looked just as comfortable there as he does at receiver. In, in terms of pure um, being a receiver and catching balls and running routes and being and making catches that you've got no business making. Um, Isaac stands well and above everybody else on this list, I believe. Everybody else is a flag receiver, uh, you know, and that's not disrespectful, but they, they lend themselves well to the flag game. Isaac would, would lend himself well to contact flag, uh, sorry, contact football as well as he would do with flag football. He's a true all-round receiver. Um, yeah. And he's, he's absolutely just been a chain mover for you guys all year. He's he's got all the attributes you want in a field stretcher. He's, he's fast. He runs great routes. He makes good catches, and he's he's physical. You know, if you put him in a fifty-fifty situation, you expect him to come out on top. So, well deserving of this spot. Absolutely. Uh, so, Jay, player number eleven, please. Yeah, and then I get to proudly put in a king, which is great. Um, Trell Hurst is going to be our uh, is, is my sort of final one to announce. Um, one of the one of the players that comes over from um, the states to play for the Kings and, and genuinely lights us up with a, a lot of experience and a lot of um, X factor. Really, what a what a deep knowledge of the game he has and how can he and how he leverages that in in both offense and defense. Uh, I appreciate he doesn't stand out on the stats, but that's more based around how our offense works. But in terms of someone who's probably got net yardage after the catch. Um, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody else. His uh, his hips are amazing. So um, yeah, Trailhurst for us. I was really surprised actually how how he doesn't show up that much on the on the stats sheet um, on on Big Republic because having played you guys, it was clear that he was um, 
you know, a, 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 someone that we had to constantly keep an eye on. You know, like X Factor was probably the best way you could put it. He is a he's a danger man, um, and you know, if you're he's someone that I know you can rely on. Uh, if you're uh, if you if we've managed to get you to fourth and long, for example, you've got to keep an eye on your X Factor because he's dangerous and he can he can beat you from anywhere on the field. Yeah, definitely worthy of a spot on the All Star team. I thought uh, Trowell is just an all round athlete. He's he's versatile. He's strong. He's he's passionate about the game. Um, you know, he's he's the exact sort of player that you you want on your team. Um, and he's got I think great, he, he's go got ahead. great. He's got great hands, but he's also got great feet. So he knows exactly where, like not not just like in route running and footwork, but like he knows exactly where he is on the field, um, and he knows exactly where to put his feet and how much he needs to stretch out if the ball's out of bounds. Is tough catch, you know. He's got a really good awareness and he's got good timing as well. He knows when to time his jumps. Just an all-round athlete. Absolutely. And then to round off the All-Star team, the 12th and final player, our specialist blitzer, we've selected Craig Brown from the Chichester Sharks. Um, There were many choices we could have made at Blitzer, I think that's fair to say. Um, There have been some players who've had great seasons, um, David from the Kings was very, very good. Um, obviously, Ryan, your brother, he's, uh, he's had a very successful season in terms of sacks um, in just four games. Is that right? Yeah, four games. Um, I think he finished with 11 once I update all the stats um, for us. But um, Craig, he has been so consistent for the Sharks and he is one of the reasons that our defence turns over the ball four times a game. The, he, he's encouraged not to go for the sack. Instead, he just makes a nuisance of himself. And without Craig, our defence would have been nowhere near as productive as it was, um, is, is the sort of honest truth of it. Um, he has just an uncanny ability to put a quarterback on the back foot um, and any throw isn't going to be as pinpoint as that quarterback wants, which is why myself and Shorty and Will have, have benefited with so many interceptions. It's through his constant work. Yeah, he's a proper nuisance. Um, yeah, that's the best compliment you can ever give a blitzer from a quarterback. It's absolutely the most one of the yeah. most annoying people to play. But I think I think all of us had a different name coming into this, didn't we? There was a couple of names that we, we agreed on. Um, you know, your, your Will Quigley's and your Shorty Browns, we all had on our list, but I think mm-hmm. everyone had um, a different blitzer. Um, so there's definitely a couple of names worthy of worthy of shouting out. You've already mentioned uh, Callum and um, David, I think uh, Matt Hansford um, of yeah. Western Supers is also in that conversation. Uh, I think um, he was he was the one that was on my list, and I think we I can definitely see that uh, you know Craig can be a nuisance for like a lot of teams, especially like the go downfield a lot. I think we did um, our, our game plan going into that Chichester game was get the ball out quick and make it short passes. So mm. um, you know did that did it's difficult to do that from uh, from seven yards away, um, but was still still showing up. Um, but for me, 
definitely worthy shouting out Matt Hansford, who, like you guys were saying, absolute nuisance was was the most annoying uh, blitzer that I faced as a quarterback this season. Yeah, absolutely, definitely worthy of a of a shout out there. So, uh, not you know, as, as you said, Lewis, there were some people who were on all of our lists. I think we had maybe seven unanimous uh, all stars. Um, and then yeah, I'm sure we've uh, we've given our listeners much to discuss, <laughs> and I'm I'm sure we'll all be having some people coming at us after this. But uh, to recap, the unofficially official SWC All Star team for 2021 is Justin Thomas, Vin Berry, myself, Will Quigley, Shorty Brown, James Hegarty, Sam Matthews, Luke Cavallaris, Jake Tillett. Isaac Harding, Trellhurst, and Craig Brown. So, congratulations to those 12 players. We thought you were pretty good. What yeah. a ridiculous team that would be as well. Like, there's there's so much team. speed. There's so much speed. I mean, yeah, what a plethora of choices and uh, what a great <laughs> season it's been to watch them all play. I'm just going to sit on the bench and watch that team. Sod it, don't put me on. I'll just enjoy the view. <laughs> if all 12 of you are listening let us know if you would be interested in uh, some kind of friendly or another and we'll see if we can we'll see if we can get you an exhibition match against uh, I mean I know a, a lot of these guys um, Shorty, Will I'm not sure if Will is maybe you, you'll tell me um, are in the GB Gold Squad um, or, or, or Silvers I'm not sure um, but I would if the if the, if you guys are up for it, I would love to get in touch with the GB um, organization and, and see if we can get a, a friendly match between the SWC All Star team and uh, the GB Golds or Silvers. I'll be honest, Lewis. I thought that was about to become a pitch for flagging Bull Z. So well, well done for avoiding that. <laughs> <laughs> also, that can play for flagging Bull Z. But no, I mean, I would love to see that. that that's, a, that's an insane team when you read that on paper. I would love to see that team go up against, wow, the best the country has to offer. Uh, I think I think Shorty is involved in one of those organisations already, isn't he? He is. He's he's part of the, the GB Gold setup, I believe. Um, and I think... Uh, I would expect that, that Corey and Will will be uh, will be looking at uh, GB Silvers this this year. Um, I believe there are some some trials coming up soon. Yes, there are. Um, so, anybody got anything else to add? Uh, uh, anybody want to rinse me anymore? I, I feel like I've been rinsed <laughs> quite a lot today. <laughs> No, that's all right, Jay. It's been it's been it's been a pleasure podcasting with you, um, <laughs> and I think we've got. Am I right in saying, Lewis? One one more episode coming up, which will just be a little bit of fun. Yeah, I think so. We've got one one more iron in the fire, um, and I think we need to have a a chat about what more more content we can uh, we can create. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions, feel free to let us know. What do you want to What do you want to hear about? We'd also be happy to get you on the show. Excellent. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. That's all from the first and 15 podcast end of year review for the SWC. We'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>
wraps up this episode find us on facebook at first and 15 podcast give us a like to keep up with all of our shows also check out our sponsor nuola for all your customized sportswear supplies Oh, 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 oh,